Good morning, everybody. I'm Josie Ashler, and this is Inside the World of Duotone. Joining me today in the studio, we have the UK and Ireland rep for Duotone Kiteboarding, Emma Beckinsale. Emma, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I'm good. Where can we find you at the moment? Um, I am tucked away in um, Pembrokeshire in South Wales. And I get, I'm get i guessing the cold is starting to creep in as it's getting to that time of the year over there. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. Actually, we've had... Um, it has been milder this week, and um, but we've had a lot of rain and flooding and that kind of thing, actually, unfortunately. But we're, um, yeah, the temperatures certainly dropped today, um, and it looks like for the next uh, few days it's going to be a little bit cooler. But we have got some nice wind coming in for the weekend, which is always good. Ah, bells and whistles, that's always good. As long as there's conditions, it doesn't matter how cold it is. <laughs> yeah, it just needs a thicker suit, that's all. So, Emma, obviously you have a big uh, water sports background. Why didn't you tell me a little bit about yourself, where you've come from and how you came into being in the position of one of the agents for Duotone Kiteboarding? Yeah, okay. well, um, I guess I've um, I've grown up really in water sports and the water sports industry. I kind of haven't done anything different. Um, my dad was, um, he got into water sports first and then specifically into windsurfing kind of the late 70s believe it or not and he was kind of I believe he went away tried windsurfing um, abroad kind of came back tried to buy some kit and kind of struggled to do so Um, and pretty much from that point on got into distribution um, with windsurfing Um, that was actually before I was born so yeah it's all I've ever known he uh, he was like I say involved early on in distribution and um actually kind of that's how I got into it um I haven't always I've windsurfed myself um windsurfed probably until I started kite surfing actually but I followed him around kind of windsurfing holidays windsurfing dealer meetings um meetings with suppliers and um who later became boards and more so for me I've kind of like boards and more family I guess I've been a part of for around about well, as long as it's been going, but some of the family in Bors and Moor, like um, Till and some of the other agents I've known for around like 23 years now, which is quite frightening to say. Um, it's in the blood. It's in the blood. It's in the blood. But I haven't always um, done that. I kind of, like I say, I grew up knowing that, but I did go away and kind of, I'm a pharmacologist myself in training and then I kind of went and did pharmaceutical industry for about 10, 15 years, but came back to it um, around about, I guess, when my dad was ready to retire from it himself. And yeah, that's how I've kind of got back involved and took over from him. Um, Yeah. And the rest is history, as they say. That's kind of been about, I guess, eight, nine, yeah, maybe about eight years now. So I've been the agent for around about that long, Um, but kind of feel like I've been involved a whole lot longer than that. And what are your favorite parts in the sport? Because obviously, you know, these days there's so many different disciplines and, you know, thanks to the amount of equipment we have available, like you say, um, any condition can be a good condition. You just need either need a pair of board shorts or a thicker suit. What's your favorite thing to do inside of kite surfing? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely love warm water, but we're not fortunate to have a lot of that in the UK, really. Um, I do try and travel and go places if I can do try and spend a bit of time in South Africa in the winter just to kind of get that buzz of kiting I mean it's you have to be pretty hardy and we have got a hardy bunch in the UK who do continue to kite surf throughout the winter 
and I do, um, but it's definitely nice if you can kind of go somewhere warmer. But um, I would say my preference is um, a directional riding, so surfboard, um, mostly in the waves. I'm kind of not doing strapless freestyle or anything like that at the moment. But um, yeah, I started twin tipping like most people, I suppose, but soon got into um, wave riding. And that's kind of my preference within kiteboarding at the moment. I do also foil, um, do quite a bit of light wind foiling um but we're just yeah we're we're lucky we've got kind of all kinds of conditions in the uk so you can find anything you want really um you know and on a given wind direction or yeah we've got lots of coastline here so we're kind of lucky we've got all kinds so where do you what's your new your usual spot where are you located in england because obviously you know uh, the uk has brought out some very very big names in kiteboarding you know like hannah whiteley and aaron hadlow they've been you know around for a very long time aaron five times world champ but then sometimes when people think of the uk of ireland they don't think of the conditions but there really are some amazing spots around the coastline yeah there really are um yeah, I mean, you've got the south coast of England. You can kind of get really good flat, shallow spots, but you've also got like Cornwall. Um, I've spent a bit of time kind of kiting in Cornwall and visiting there. But I mean, where I am in Pembrokeshire, we have good wave spots, um, great foiling. Um, you know, you can kite most wind directions pretty much where I am within about kind of a 40 minute drive, which is great. And then Ireland um, itself, so Wales, Ireland, Scotland kick up some of the best wave conditions you could ask for, you know. Um, We get a lot of good swell, um, a lot of good winds in the autumn. Um, Yeah, so we're really lucky. And then like the South Coast offers a lot of kind of sea breeze, um, you know, those kind of kiting in the the summer rather. Um, Yeah, we've got a lot. I mean, even the Northeast, if you're brave enough to go up and (laughs) kite there in the winter, you'll get some, you know, some really good conditions. And then Scotland, you know, it kind of goes on. But yeah, there's a whole host um, that the UK offers, really. Um, It it just depends on how your your nerve endings can take the cold or not. Yeah, exactly. But like I said, I'm, I'm always impressed. Like we've definitely got a hardy bunch in uk and ireland you know people are keen people are getting out and yeah definitely even actually more so recently i guess in the last 18 months it's been Mm -hmm. one of those sports that you could carry on doing relatively safely you know and like keeping the distance from people and i think it's encouraged people to stay in kite longer throughout the winter than maybe they would have done before you know yeah that's very true i mean Inside the UK and Ireland, what kind of kiting trends do you see? Like, for example, I live in Spain, Tarifa, and there's two very um, marked trends. You have the people that are out on the water doing strapless, and then you have the lagoons where you can still see the the youngster or the groms going for the twin tip freestyle. What do you see in general around your area at the moment? Yeah, so in my area, um, there's a lot of foiling um, and kind of surf foiling. And there's also, um, I'd say where I am, it's a lot more kind of wave focused. Um, you had South Coast, I'd say there's a you know strong contingent of foilers and also twin tippers. Um, in the UK, I'd say we're split probably um, 60, 40 with kind of twin tip to surfboards and probably you'd switch that if you go somewhere like Ireland you know it kind of really does it really does depend where you are but yeah twin tippers and I certainly for like the younger generation um I would say 
um, we're all about the twin tipping. Um, and actually within that, because obviously within twin tipping, there's wake style and, you know, big air. I'm surprised like the youngsters, um, Ireland and UK are both um, kind of going more big air focused, kind of board offs, that kind of thing. You know, the old, like old school kind of yes. riding, yes. which is really cool. You know, it is, um, yeah, weight style definitely has its place as well, but you kind of, I love to see the kids, you know, going out and actually some of it is frightening. <laughs> you go a little bit like... <laughs> They're nuts. They're, they're nuts. It, it is. It is incredible. I mean, it, the like you're saying, the new generations, the the youngsters, the groms coming up. There is a big percentage of them, and I think generally it, it's worldwide, especially in you know like uh, Spain, Holland, Germany, England, where you have those storm fronts, you have the the strength of winds that they need for big air. I'd say the same is that they are tending to go more towards big air than they are handle pass wake style freestyle which is really does say a lot to events that have been going on and you know guys like Aaron or Ruben or Nick Jacobson that have been pushing that side of the sport because you know the Groms are following and they are out to lunch if you ask me the stuff they're doing definitely definitely um certainly more than I'd want to do um yeah it's great to see um and I would say like they're certainly being influenced, you know, by events like King of the Air and and things like that, and you know the Red Bull events generally, you know, like. Um, but I would say, yeah, I mean, the the likes of Lewis and Aaron, especially in the UK, are having a big impact, and actually they're involved and kind of having strong influence on you know our young riders. Um, they're heavily involved and super keen to kind of be involved, you know, in mm. our kind of run program over here. Um, how does how does that Grom program work for you? Because like like you literally just said that I know Aaron, especially Lewis, they're they're very involved with. Um, I think that you guys have a youngster called Max, if I'm not mistaken, that is showing a lot of talent. And how do the you know is it kind of the the more veteran riders help out the youngsters to come up? You know, they start as a local, then go through a shop, then then through the agents. How does it kind of work for for you on that side? Yeah, well, we, I mean, we've always wanted to, I mean, historically, Baltimore, we've always kind of invested in the young riders. And I certainly like um, a few years back now, I kind of made um, a decision to kind of really push and we needed to kind of make sure that we were, um, we had some Grom riders, but we really wanted to make sure that we were reaching out to those that maybe we hadn't been in touch with and were, mm-hmm. you know, riding at the local beaches and local celebrities that maybe weren't getting seen, you know, and we weren't, like I say, we weren't um, in contact with them at that point. So we basically, we started off holding a, um, alongside Joe Wilson also, who's, um, she's been a big part of it. Um, and the rest of our national team and an opinion leaders, we kind of grouped everyone together. We invited anyone that wants to come along to a kind of, it wasn't really a selection day. It was kind of come along and ride and let's see, you know, how you get on and see if we can be, you know, be part of the Duotone Grom team. And it kind of went from there, but Lewis, Aaron, um, Tom Courts, uh, Joe Wilson, we had a couple of like um, Will King and other like instructors and opinion leaders, Sam Ball. And they basically all from different parts of the UK we had Groms come from all around and um, we had a really good turnout. And that's where it started this one day where we kind of had everyone on, bo- um, on board. We had different groups, different abilities. And kind of what we realized from that was that, like, as long as these kids are keen, um, mm-hmm. prepared to put some, you know, kind of training in and be involved, 
um, we took a selection, not just, you know, the best riders, but we took all abilities on and kind of, you know, their ambassadors. Yeah. And yeah, in their local spots. And we were like, hey, go riding, launch people at your beach, kind of, you know, be happy on the water and like we're going to support you. And we do, you know, we support them with, um, you know, uh, on kits. Um, we offer them support with their, you know, their kind of um, kit costs. But on top of that, we invite them along to Grom Days. Um, where we do um, coaching and they are able to be coached by, you know, these uh, influencers, like we say, kind of Lewis, Aaron, Hannah, um, Tom in the UK specifically and Joe Wilson. And we kind of, um, yeah, we've offered them coaching and we've set them all kinds of different tasks, you know, like social media, kind of giving them like input on that and also where they can go in kite surfing, you know, different directions, like how they can kind of create, you know, themselves like a, you know, like their own, um, I guess their own slot in kiteboarding in a way. Um, and that's carried on. I mean, unfortunately, we haven't been able to do as many of those as we'd wanted to do over the last 18 months, couple of years. We've continued it by doing Zoom calls. And again, the international riders have been a part of that. So we've kind of kept in touch with them. And what's really nice to see is they all chat to each other, whether in Ireland, Cornwall, you know, kind of East Coast, um, kind of Kent, South Coast, they're all like chatting to each other on Instagram and um yeah pushing each other and if they're riding with each other locally they're certainly pushing their level um and we've just got a really good group of kids that are just super super keen on kiteboarding you know yeah i definitely i think it's very important from a young age especially you know in the end it's got to be fun you know they've got to be enjoying it not to be you know we've we've seen riders throughout the throughout the generations that take it too seriously and it, it oftenly they don't achieve the goals they want to because they have too much pressure be it from parents be it from outside sponsor they forget to have the fun and i think one of the, the you know the super important things for the youngsters who want to you know have a go at making this a career is they have to realize that a it has to be fun b you have to be good on the water but c you have to be equally as good off of the water because competition riding is one thing is you know if you're on the podium everybody's looking but when you're not on that podium due to injury or or further along in your career if you are good outside of the water you still have that slot like you're talking about i mean you know examples for example in baltimore there's two perfect examples which are Jaime and sky you know, these guys competed on the world tour, won events, got podium positions, they were involved in R&D, and then, and then as they started to filter themselves out of competition, they're either, uh, you know, sales agents, distribution, you know, Sky designs all of the surfboards, they're still involved and heavily, even probably more so now in the company, but it's because they were the complete package, and I think, you know, it, it's good, especially with brands like, like Duotone and the Boards and More family is to, you know, it, try and make the youngsters understand that from the beginning but without the pressure yeah exactly and they've all you know they've all got different personalities right they're all kind of offering different things and i think that's what you can't do is try and mold everyone to be the same Absolutely. you know we're going to have superstars um you know from that grom team without a doubt you know but we're also going to have um kids that can you know vlog and that kind of thing there's, there's different skills already you can see different skills you know different personalities um yeah so for sure that's kind of what we want to do and support and encourage at the end of the day yeah and also another thing like like you've been mentioning over the last 18 months or two years actually doing demo days or grom days or just you know pro clinics has 
pretty much been impossible due to the pandemic. How have you guys overcome this? Because, you know, when it let's talk a little bit when it comes to sales, for example, being able to test the equipment was one of the most important things. You know, all the shops had their demo gear. You go out, you'd if you're fortunate enough and have, um, you know, team riders that would go with the customer to the beach. You you do the whole show. They get on it. They'd love it. They come back to the shop and they'd um, purchase um, equipment. How have you guys overcome that with the the pandemic that we've had for the past couple of seasons yeah yeah it's been tricky right um so we've i mean uh duotone um internationally kind of ran this um you know kind of test initiative where you could um basically try it now try it with your shop we kind of Whereas we would usually host events and kind of invite people along and, you know, that kind of thing, clinics. We haven't, like I said, we haven't been able to do that. So when we were allowed and we knew that people were allowed to kind of have some contact and, um, you know, we're allowed to go out kiting, we kind of made sure that the um, shops had demo kit, which to be fair, we generally encourage anyway in the UK, you know, to a certain extent. But we um, saw the best way to do it was to kind of offer, you know, all year or all year round kind of, demo equipment at our local stores where you know under the obviously covid restrictions you could go and collect the kite try it bring it back you know that kind of thing so we did do that and that was really successful it's just um yeah it is it has been really tricky we also offered um kind of zoom meetings so like lewis and aaron and other riders um we put on zoom calls where you could kind of chat to the international riders or national riders just about you know your latest tricks or what you're doing and like we had some that were based on um you know jumping and that kind of thing so we tried to carry on as much interaction with the public as possible because it's just it has been really hard you know that's a big part of what we do and like you know letting people try the kit but also we we try to kind of offer a little bit more like um with clinics and that kind of thing so people are getting the most out of their kit and you know you kind of feel like you're offering people a little bit more than just the demo but um, yeah, we tried to continue that as much as you could. You just have to adapt, don't you, in that kind of situation and, and do the best you can. Um, but yeah, we that's really what we did. There was the opportunity to try through shops and otherwise keep an eye out. And when we were allowed to do, you know, small kind of teaching, um, we did some of that. Um, you know, when restrictions kind of tightened up again, then we went back to Zoom calls. So yeah, it's kind of, it's been interesting times, but it's been amazing. I think how people have adapted and we've had, you know, we still had the kind of the people turning up and interested in those kind of events. I think everyone just moved with what was happening. Yeah. It's, I, I call it the COVID roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure we're off it yet. <laughs> we're not. No. We? We've, we've still got a bit to go, but I think one of the always, you know, trying to take a positive from a negative is that, in each country, um, I don't know about the UK, which is one of the questions I've got for you, but for example, in Spain, people have, as they couldn't travel and as they couldn't move around as easy as it has been before, is they've remembered their local spots. They've remembered their local shops. You know, they, they've gone down to the local, you know, the local shop where they got their first kite and not thought about buying online or not thought about, you know, trying to look for a cheaper place, a cheaper kite in a different country. You know, they've. I one of the things I really have liked with this is that people have, you know, 
gone back to shopping locally to to look after the people that you know try and protect the beaches that try and you know make sure that you know if you if you break a line you rock up in their shop and they let you have a demo bar at no cost you know i think that's one of those very positive things but then also people have bought more toys because obviously as they couldn't leave and they couldn't travel as much that they've actually bought more entertainment toys when it comes to sports has that been the same over there yeah it definitely has um yeah, we've seen, I'd say we follow those trends generally. Um, I'd say even more, I mean, just if we're talking generally, not even just kiteboarding now, from a water sports perspective, it's just been amazing to see the amount of people that are spending time on the water, um, in the water, on the water these days, um, certainly over the summer, um, you know, be it, well, I mean, having kiteboarding lessons, I th- our schools have definitely been busier since we kind of open back up after the first lockdown um they've seen a turnaround i guess that's people that have maybe always thought about kiteboard and maybe not had the time or just thought right if you know i need to get this done this is something i've been talking about doing for a while and you know never got into it yeah but just generally i think people are spending more time in the um on the water and like going to the coast we've got so much coast here um you know and it's just been really nice to see i've always loved the water like i said i've grown up with it never known anything different um, certainly don't take it for granted, but it's just always been a part of my life and it's been quite evident. That's not always been the case, I would say, in the UK. But now it's just, it's really, really cool to see so many people embracing it and loving just being on the water. You know, and like some of that has definitely been, um, like I say, paddleboarding and that kind of thing, but also, you know, kayak and whatever it might be. But I think just from a kite surfing perspective, yeah, there's been people that, like I say, have done lessons that wouldn't have done it before. Um, but also maybe re-inspired people to get back on the water. Like I say, it was one of those sports that was safe from a COVID perspective that you could go and do. Um, people already had a little bit more time on their hands, like you say, a little bit more cash in the pocket. And yeah, I think they invested in those kind of sports that they could go and do. Um, and yeah, it's been really, really cool to see the more people that, you know, are enjoying kite surfing, definitely the better, right? Um yeah and long may it continue i think for the sport it'd be great if it you know kind of has revitalized people maybe that had kept the kites in the garage and not been for a while and then suddenly realize wow let's uh you know kind of refound the love for it maybe absolutely and and i think one of one of the super important things also is like you're saying is it, it's got people out because you know it you don't have to go on a ticket to Mauritius to enjoy it. I mean, you know, places like the UK, you guys have so many good spots that I think, you know, being locked down or closed in has you know, without being able to leave let's say the the country or or the part of the uk where you're in has actually um riders have refound the love with probably the locations that they actually learned to kite surfing yeah yeah and yeah for sure i think you're right i think it has driven people local i mean we had to stay local we were forced to but i think it has really um kind of reminded people of that and i think people are certainly going to their local spots more um i think it's um the communities um we have around the uk are great you know like kite surfing is an individual sport as we know but it's you know there's a lot of really strong kite communities um that have a lot going on you know around um uk and i know in ireland as well um and yeah i think that's just strengthened um from what i've heard you know or what i've seen even but yeah, we've just got some great spots. And I think you're right. People have kind of fallen back in love with it um, and kind of stuck with their local spots. 
um, yeah, long may it continue. <laughs> Absolutely. No, we definitely want to continue. I mean, things are getting a little bit easier, but it is still nice to see, you know, the kind of the roots of where everybody's come from getting back together. Emma, one of the questions I also have is obviously – you know, there's always that big question when when a, a newcomer or let's say someone in an intermediate level rocks up at a shop, they want you want as a dealer or as an agent that the person who receives them in the shop knows their stuff that, you know, and, and knows it from a from a course perspective, not just from memorizing a catalog. I know you do. You've done different clinics, different, um, you know, sales talks with a lot of your shops. Run me through how you do that, because I know you have a little program. Yeah, well, I mean, again, it's kind of um, it's all, I guess, part of the geotone kiteboarding where we we work really closely with our our shops or our call our customers. Um, we've got a good, strong relationship with them, and we've been working a long time um, with some of these, um, you know, some of the shops. Um, they're all, I mean, I feel really fortunate. <laughs> they're all really um, kind of well educated in kiteboarding, um, you know, as far as like technicalities and and things like that. Really, they're um, they're really well informed. And then, as far as our products concerned, yeah, we you know we make sure and certainly initiative that. Um, Duotone um, boards and more have kind of encouraged us, you know, to kind of make sure that they're well informed on your products. Um, but, you know, like from a, um, I guess the way they talk to us about it is, you know, in the way, I mean, you can see it on the website, kind of the kite finders and, you know, like board finders and like that kind of stuff, all the information um, to make sure that they're kind of aware of, you know, that background on the products, like who are they suitable for and, you know, why would they be using it? Like I say, these guys work so closely with us um, and have done for such a long time. They know our products really well now. The kind of things that um, we have done and I've kind of done in the UK, we have sales meetings. We get, um, you know, the dealers together, try and get them on the kit. Again, that's something that we haven't been able to do. Like, you know, kind of we've all um, talked about how we've missed out there, but getting the bunch together because they all get along. You know, when we've had dealer meetings and that kind of thing, it's really, it's really cool. And I'm proud of that in the UK that, you know, if um, someone needs something from another shop or whatever, they all kind of help each other out. But I think, um, yeah, getting together and kind of getting on the kit and enjoying that um, and getting the buzz from it um, is really important. But we've also kind of um, at those meetings, given them support with like social media training and, you know, a little bit more than just the product. So, um, yeah, they can make sure that the, you know, the information they do have, they can share as well as they can with their um with their customers so yeah it's kind of um yeah i would say it's not just so, so much a sales meeting or sales focused it is you know on some of the softer stuff and some of the stuff that matters you know the customer service and and you know just our focus on that aboard some more and try and just filter that down um to the end consumers and yeah that's something that's really important to us and i know the the guys in the uk always do a good job on that Yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of bringing members to the tribe. I mean, one of the things um, we can always see with the with the boards and more shops is that usually the people inside the shop, the retailers, they know what they're talking about. They're passionate of different aspects of the sports. You might have a, a windsurfer, a paddleboard, or a kite, or a foiler. You know, they have that passion. But the important thing that I've always seen in in all of the shops that I've been around worldwide is the 
off the catalogue answers that they have you know not your typical yes it's good from 19 knots to 25 and that's about it you know that they you know depending on the person where they ride they know the local community usually they're an ambassador in the community and you know you've got the team members um i think it's it's a a really cool thing is that there is that family support all the way from the top yeah yeah no definitely and yeah i think um yeah we feel we feel like that um duotone for sure and you say family i mean we kind of you know we've all known each other for so long you know now we're kind of all in it for the same reasons and i think that does filter down you know to the shops they are um i know some of them have been in kite surfing for as long as it's it's been around you know and it's kind of feeding down through their families you know and that's really nice to see i mean you've definitely got like you know younger shops starting up from you know scratch and that's always good to see as well but yeah there's a lot of history and a lot of knowledge in i'd say in the shops uk and ireland um yeah which is really cool no no for sure and it is it is really good to see everybody kind of uh pushing in the same direction emma so obviously with so much you know you i know you travel a lot you've just got back from doing a little tour over the last week do you still get time on the water (laughs) yeah i do (laughs) i do um i would say um i get out as much as i can I certainly, um, like anyone, I guess, life gets in the way, your work gets in the way, doesn't it? Um, but it's important that I do, right? This is kind of, um, it's my work and why do I do it? Why do any of us, you know, work in the industry and that kind of thing? Um, you know, we are involved. I love kite surfing. Um, and yeah, so I get out as much as I can. I definitely have missed my winter trips. That's one time where I kind of switch off and, kind of go away and have my own kind of kite time you know it's it's sometimes difficult when you go to the beach and you're um involved in the industry people want to talk to you about you know I guess it's your day job as well right so you're talking about Mm. your day job at the beach and you're Mm. like but man yeah you just need to get out on the I mean that's where you switch off when you're out on the water thinking about nothing else but your next jibe or whatever it is you know you kind of um yeah where's that next wave coming from I think that's where you um yeah that's where you get your energy from that's why you know where you realize why you're doing what you're doing and you know why you put the hours in and that kind of thing and that yeah i don't yeah so i can never stop doing that really like I say it's kind of um i've spent a bit of time in places like south africa over winter and taking a trip like that because that's beers a in, bed, time beers in big water. bay beers in big bay beers in big bay as we have done <laughs> joe <laughs> i know <laughs> i've seen you out there but, you know, that's really important. It's kind of seeing, also seeing my colleagues, you know, like Philip, Mark, you know, like other people from the Boards and More family, you know, I can't believe it. We do choose to holiday together. You know, we were a, we're a tight team and we, uh, we try and meet up over there kind of once a year. And, you know, that's our downtime. And we all, um, we have no, no work talk rules and things like that over dinner because it's mm. quite easy if you're a, on holiday with your colleagues to kind of slip into that kind of stuff but um as long yeah, as we don't where... start talking about football i'm all, I'm all good with that <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> no you won't get that from me don't worry but i think you um yeah that's you know everyone needs that kind of time right and i think that's where we all go and kind of uh, recharge and um Absolutely. yeah realize why you're doing it love the kite in and just yeah it's it's yeah it's a good bunch of people involved um in the industry so it's it's kind of good to be a part of yeah i think one of the 
I think one of the really important things is that the whole bunch are keen to get together on and off the water and during and not during work. I think it, it kind of sums it up really nicely, you know. No matter what country you are, obviously the Boards and War uh, group is, you know, worldwide and you can rock up at any any shop or any store. And if you work in a different one of the countries, they're, they're keen to help out. They're keen, hey, you know, we're going to grab some beers. Because in the end, it's uh, I think one of the things they do really well is all of us have similar values, which is the passion for the sport. Yeah. Yeah. Can't agree with more than that. Um, yeah, 100%. Like I say, I choose to holiday with some of the... Uh, you know the people from boards and more and my equivalent from holland and that kind of thing and you know they're friends for life <laughs> whether they like that or not <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they're stuck with me you know um yeah i mean if i think if uh, we stopped doing what we're doing we'd kind of we'd certainly be friends for life i think we're yeah we are like-minded um it's really interesting i've got you know friends from like like i say from holland from italy you know my equivalents if you like um we talk fairly regularly it's I guess it's obvious, but we see the same things. We experience the same things. You know, we're like I say, we're all in it for the same reasons. And yeah, so it's it's really easy to get along with these guys. And um, yeah, really fortunate to be a, a part of it. And when we do get together, and when we're kind of at these uh, meetings that we we used to have in hot sunny places, um, you know, like product launches, that kind of thing, it's just really great fun. And I've certainly missed that um over the last i haven't seen some of them for two years now i'm really looking forward to seeing them again we've had kind of zoom like calls and that kind of thing and we've seen each other for you know um over screen but it certainly isn't the same and yeah it's great to get together and be around that team so looking forward to doing that fairly soon um yeah absolutely i mean uh, enough online and more on site is what we yeah it is <laughs> yeah you realize you might have taken it for granted before and you know some of the travel can be a, a chore but it's like no we definitely need that in our lives and that face-to-face contact you can't replace that can you no you can't no no abs- absolutely 100 percent agree and but i've got one question is one of the things we're seeing with a lot of the brands and you know duotone is one of the ones at the front when it comes to uh you know r d research you know kite designs you can tweak a little bit here a little bit there but one of the things we're seeing that is going to be ch- being changed the most is material is equipment so it, it is construction it's different you know different materials we, we've had the the alulas come up the on the boards you know but obviously that also takes on an additional cost how do you see the market reacting to that because it does seem to be like the new next thing yeah yeah no it is i think um i mean the way i kind of try and think about it we've kind of we've still got our existing kite lines you know and the, the kite lines i guess what we call them the standard kite lines and and boards and that kind of thing um that's always necessary i think you can't take the sport beyond access to people if you know if that makes sense um and i think boards are more conscious of that but also when you have the opportunity to kind of push the level and improve performance there's always going to be people and you see it in every industry you know when biking or whatever as you know there's a lighter kind of digital but you know you kind of keep pushing the boundaries don't you and um i think that's kind of representative of, of boards and more in general they're going to always push the boundaries of development and you know make it available to people um it's not going to be for everyone and to a certain ex- you know extent i mean some of the um 
you know, like when we go to the D-Lab range and things like that, we're really talking performance. You certainly get the reward and it's certainly worth it. It's just, you know, people will make their own choices, won't they, where they kind of, yeah, prioritise and, and spend their money and what's important to them and how much performance and that kind of thing. And I think, um, yeah, we're offering that in the range. Um, yeah, I think it's important if you've got available, like I say, to kind of to push the boundaries, um, but also to keep an eye on, you know, the people that are coming into the sport and make it accessible to people. Absolutely, because also one of the things that they do quite a lot is you have these packs, these beginner packs for newcomers into the sport. Yeah, we do. So we have, um, yeah, the Evo and the Mono Pack, and that is all about, that's just recognizing you've got someone coming from a school um you know they've just learned and kind of to get them started um yeah to make it i mean saying that the evo is just a a great kite for progressing i don't know you know for most people you wouldn't need to kind of um you know move on to that for a couple of you're going to progress really nicely on it you know and then you can kind of upgrade and decide what direction you're going from there you know um but yeah we do offer that as well i think um yeah, again, that's necessary, isn't it? It's kind of good for the um, those people coming into the sport. Yeah, I think it. It you got to like you say, the range has to look after all different angles, everything from the pros with the athletes to you know the guys who want to push the boundaries on their free riding or speed or going out on falls in super light conditions with stuff like the D Lab kites or the boards, but also you know those those newcomers, the you know driving school where you you know you pick up your first car, which is you know just a, a square thing with four wheels that that works. But I think you know uh, a brand has to ha- be able to. Uh, you know dot the dot the i's and cross all the t's yeah no definitely and we've seen a you know we've seen a great response i think the um it's kind of been similar to other countries but the you know the sls obviously last year was um launched and that's gone you know from a neo and an evo perspective um the response has been great to it you know we kind of um yeah we can't get enough of them at the moment it's been really cool um we're still selling a lot of standard kites as well um but yeah people are making their choices aren't they i think it's uh that's the important thing yeah and and like you say it's in the end there has to be something for everybody and it what that's where the retail shops the the people inside to really give you the right kind of advice and not your typical sales pitch like you know just because you live in x location doesn't mean that you need the most expensive kite or just because you're at a certain level means you need the least expensive kite that they actually you know get to know the person and you can try a few things that's where the demos come in you can you know talk to a few different riders a few different people and really get that equipment that is suited to you yeah yeah 100 percent. not every kite is for everyone i mean um you know, you could jump on any kite, fly it and, you know, but I think it is important like to get the most out of the, I mean, that's kind of what we, I guess that's why we educate people. Like as far as the, you know, like the um, Academy app and like we try and do clinics as well around, um, you know, products, like whether it's a foreign or whatever, and it's advising, making sure you advise people on the right thing. Cause people aren't going to be happy on your kit if they've not bought the right thing for their riding. You know, you could really, um, you're not offering the best service then are you if you kind of you know you can't kind of advise people in the in the right direction for them and you're shooting you're shooting yourself in the foot you're shooting yourself in the foot for the short term yeah exactly you'll you know it's um it doesn't yeah that's not what we're about i think we've got a lot of loyal customers um 
you know, and hopefully that is just because of the approach that the shops have taken that, you know, they're not going to sell them anything they've got on the shelf. They will really try and advise you. And certainly at the moment, it might mean, you know, waiting a little bit more time to get the right kite for you. Um, But it's definitely worth, you know, talking to those that know what they're talking about and kind of have that experience. And, you know, um, like, yeah, like I say, being able to get the most out of your riding. Um, Because I think progression keeps people you know, excited and like everyone wants a little bit of that, don't they, in their in their sport, I think, to kind of that next session buzz and, you know, what am I going to do today? And, you know, that's a little bit different maybe. And yeah, like I say, that's kind of um how I think the the shops are are selling kit in the UK. And yeah, I think it's uh yeah, like you say, for the long term it's obviously a lot better for you yeah it's it's super important because if someone has a good time on that kite they're going to talk to it good about their friends they're going to advise to have a look at that shop or that product and it doesn't always have to be a Baltimore product but you know if in in general there's that that loyalty that that good vibes it's always going to be going a good way yeah yeah I can't agree yeah more well, talking about good vibes, Emma, thank you very much for joining us here on the podcast from Inside the World of Duotone. And I am going to give you a little bit of information. I booked my ticket to South Africa two days ago. Ah, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm hearing that and getting WhatsApp messages and hassled, and you know, by friend. I, yeah, haven't made that decision yet, but it's, it's looking very more tempting, isn't it? Like it's... <laughs> Yeah, we're as from a UK perspective, it's off the red list now. So yes. yeah, it's a possibility, and that um, yeah, it's a very exciting prospect. I don't know, I can't, haven't decided yet, but yeah, who knows, Joe? May well be seeing you. <laughs> well, if you do, first round is on me. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, looking forward to that. Well, thank you one more time, uh, Emma. That was great. Really cool to get you involved here on Inside the World of Duotone. Everybody, thank you very much for joining in with us. I'm Josie Ashler, and joining me today, that was Emma Beckersell, the agent for the UK and Ireland for Duotone Kiteboarding. Take care, everyone. Mm-hmm.